Welcome back, everybody. I am Robertson Fire of Fan Sports. Virtually sitting across from me, as always, is Ben Parker. And we have a special guest tonight. This is actually not odds on favorite. This is, I think, Phantom Football Podcast featuring Robertson. Uh, because we have Simon Short from the Phantom, Phantom Football Podcast on with us. Uh, how are we doing tonight, Simon? Very happy to have you on. Excited to get started. I'm so happy to be here, Robertson and Ben. You guys are such gracious hosts. The accommodations are lovely. The room service was great. I appreciate it. And I'm just so glad that tonight when Robertson speaks, I can yell at him <laughs> and not just yell at the air that I'm listening to the podcast during. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, my goodness. I, I cannot wait. But honestly, I can't react uh, because before we started recording, I told Simon, I was like, Tonight, I'm eating the biggest piece of humble pie I think I, I have ever eaten because uh, due to all of our, our, our preseason uh, disagreements, uh, many of them, most of them, uh, Simon has bested me on here so far through nine weeks. So it should be interesting. Ben, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, but I got to say humble pie is a dish I'm used to between my sports <laughs> takes and and being married for 11 years, I mean, you just eat it every day, you know. <laughs> just get used to it. Well, we're going to find out how it tastes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so just re-quickly, uh, oh, sorry, very quickly, recapping uh, week nine of the NFL. We covered six games last week. We got a lot to talk about, uh, just a little preview before we get into the recap. We're talking about some uh, midseason stuff. Uh, uh, for futures, for the uh, team futures. Um, we're going to get into some Super Bowl stuff, conference picks, a little bit into division stuff, uh, interesting bets and all that, as well as uh, Week 10's games. So it's going to be a bit of a longer episode tonight. So we're going to get through this recap a little quickly so we don't keep it too long. Um, but first game we're going to talk about is Bills-Jets. Jets pull off an upset. Um Going into it, if I thought if the Jets had a chance, they'd have to win a shootout. And that really wasn't the case. Uh, the Jets pulled it out 20-17. Uh, to 17. Uh, Josh Allen did not look the greatest. Um, any thoughts on that game, guys? Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, you know, it's the curse of the Jets quarterbacks, right? You see ghosts when you, when you play them, I guess, uh, whether it's you see receivers who aren't there or defenders who are not there. Uh, Josh Allen a couple times thought he was thrown to his own team and uh, threw to some Jets players, but the Jets got after him with the front four, and that was the that was the big key to the game, really above everything else. Ben, do the Jets have the secret sauce? Pun intended. <laughs> that's great. That's that's a good one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, they do. They've got the secret sauce. <laughs> They're surprising everybody. Especially with the rookies, right? I mean, they've, they've plugged oh, yeah. the rookies in, and the rookies look like some of the best players in the league already. So uh, they're, they're doing fantastic. The Bills showed us, and the Chiefs showed us, even though Kansas City won, the Bills and the Chiefs showed us that everybody is vulnerable. Um, come playoff time, you, you better have your A game, because if you bring your B game, uh, you will not last long this year. Going into a game that I really have a lot to say about, but I cannot do the time constraints, the Vikings at Commanders. Vikings narrowly pull out a game that the Commanders really just handed to them. 
in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kirk looked pretty average, but he's also getting the snot beat out of him all day. Um, any surprises there? Simon, go ahead and start this one. Uh, the Vikings definitely left some some points on the board. Justin Jefferson dropped a few uh, a few key ones. Now, I will say Washington, the, the defensive backs, uh, I think it was Benjamin St. Juice had a couple mm-hmm. nice plays on, on Jefferson. Um, Very nice. This, it, it, this definitely should have been something in the 31 to 34 range to 17 uh, for the Vikings, but, you know, give it to the commanders, give it to the cornerbacks for keeping it close really because the the offense wasn't doing it. You like that, Ben? Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I'm on a roll yeah, tonight, I, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> ben, put all the ice away, man. Take your chains off. What are you doing? Well, we're getting off the rails quick tonight. I love it. Uh, the commanders, in spite of the fact you guys pointed out, Vikings should have scored more. Um, and who knows? Maybe if they do, maybe the commanders are forced to open up the offense more and, and maybe they score a little bit more too. But the Vikings should have won that game by more. There's no doubt about it. But the commanders, we'll talk more about them later. This is five, six weeks in a row now, five weeks in a row now. They've had three wins, bookended by two very close losses. Um, I think they're here to stay. I don't think they're going to get ugly on us during the second half of the season. Uh, we'll talk about more about them and the uh, later in the broadcast. Dolphins pull out a a high scoring game, at least for this season standards, thirty five to thirty two against the Bears. Justin Fields looks better and better every week. A quarterback that I was wrong about this first instance tonight, one of many. Simon was right about Justin Fields. I was like, "What are you seeing, this guy? I don't see it." And he just continues to improve every every week, even though despite the loss, he looked great. But also Tua and these receivers continue to look great. Um, ben, why don't you start this one? Yeah, the, hey, Vegas had this one just about right. Now I got to stop here and talk about my record. I went two and yes. four last week against the spread. All right, but let me go ahead and throw in my bitterness pill because Vegas went one and five. So eat it, Vegas. I beat you by a full game. Take it. <laughs> Take it. Ben, just go home. All right. <laughs> ben, I love it. Um, Simon, are we going to be able to? Con- contain Ben tonight really with this I, I don't really think so he's hyped up I don't think so two more chains just went on and there's some glasses <laughs> going on and there's some rap music in the background that's it's getting out of hand real fast guys I don't know what I walked into I see a stack lost. of cash almost like it looks like he's about to make it rain on these picks later <laughs> ben, you just keep just signing one-year contracts games. over there yeah exactly <laughs> They didn't just lose close games. They lost two games straight up. One of those is Bills-Jets, of course. But they had the Cardinals as two-point favorite, and the Seahawks won that game straight up, at least at the time of our podcast last week. So a bad week for everybody all around, really. But, again, it's been that kind of year for the NFL. You mentioned the Dolphins. The Dolphins continue to score. Tua is not slowing down. Coming off of that concussion, he needed about a week to get unrusty, and he's unrusty. But that defense for the Dolphins is looking a little worse every week, too. This is yeah. back-to-back weeks. We've seen them give up, a, you know, a lot of yardage, a lot of points. Going to that game that you just mentioned, uh, the Cardinals Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks continue to look really well. Instance number two of Simon proving me wrong. Geno Smith looks like a legitimate MVP candidate. I cannot believe I'm still saying those words, but I did predict it, Simon. I do get I do get a little bit of credit here because I did say four weeks ago that I thought the Seahawks could go 4-0 in this in that, in that stretch four weeks ago. So I think I do get a little credit there. But um, go ahead, rub it in my face, please. This is your time to shine. You know, I'm, 
the gracious side of me, which is a very small side, wants to say all I did was rank Geno Smith, what, the 21st or 22nd best quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I really just went full tilt with it because the guy's playing like a <laughs> legitimate top 10 quarterback and, and not yes. even in a way that feels like he's outperforming, right? Uh, really his talent. He's back. He's a, he's legit, man. I mean, this team has to really be telling itself they're building around Geno Smith moving forward, which is a crazy thing to say. Um, but he is pushing the ball down the field. He has a adjusted in, intended air yard number uh, over eight. So every time he's dropping back to pass on average, the team is gaining eight yards, which is crazy. Geno Smith in 2022 is doing that on the Seattle Seahawks team, which we expected nothing from. Um, so I wish I bought into my own take a little bit more, but yes, I am going to just throw out there that I was the only one at Phantom that, put him in the quarterback rankings because uh, I was the only one that knew he would start this season and be the guy, but I did not know it was going to be like this. So uh, I'll, I'll say that part. You should have just took the credit when you had it there. Man. Yeah. I know. I'll save it for my own podcast. I'll be a gracious guest this first time around. I want to come back later. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, ben, what's going on with the Seahawks here? Like, how is this other than Gino, like the defense looks good, which we didn't really anticipate. I don't think they, there's not a ton of talent on that side of the ball and they just they keep really performing they've had some bad games but they're almost like a bend don't break in these past couple weeks yeah it, it, the seattle looked awful during the first few weeks on defense but they they are starting to come around a little bit there um i'm not gonna stay on seattle long because i want to talk about arizona just for a second so i apologize for skipping subjects on you go ahead i i, I, I gave arizona every chance they predicted them to win several games, kept waiting for them to kick it in the gear. They haven't done it. So last week I finally faded the Cardinals, and that's going to be the play for the rest of the year until they show us different. We know they can score points at some point. They haven't done it yet. Until they do, um, if you're trying to lay money, I would keep fading the Cardinals because something just isn't right in the system there. Yeah, it's modern warfare too. That update just came out, right, just before this game? <laughs> then yeah, did something just drop? Yep. Yep, I, I maybe it was like a new skin or something. Who knows? <laughs> uh, next game, uh, a game that me and Ben really did not want to pick uh, last week was the Rams Buccaneers. What was supposed to be a marquee matchup going into the season? I mean, neither of us felt comfortable about our picks. Ben, I, I think you picked the Rams. I think I picked the Buccaneers. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there, but it didn't look good for me going into it. But Something about that last drive, Brady pulled one out of his hat, and maybe it was his final one for his career. Who knows? Um, would hate to say that, but neither of these teams look good. Now, this was an ugly game. I mean, this wasn't a defensive game. This was ugly. This was this was rear end ugly. Okay, we've had several games like that, and I'm all for defensive games. By the way, I actually picked the Buccaneers. I only had two wins this oh, okay. week, so don't take that one away from me. <laughs> sorry, um, well, sorry, Ben. <laughs> It's the only thing keeping me better than Vegas. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Uh, this was an ugly game. Two teams who just cannot seem to find their way. But the Buccaneers won it. Tampa Bay is now 4-5, and five, and now they've got a winnable game this week. And we'll see if they get to 500 in a division that's, you know, not the greatest division in the world. So, um, you know, keep an eye on the Buccaneers moving forward. The Rams, the Rams and the Packers may be done this year. Um, if you were looking for those two teams to possibly turn around, the holes that they are in are so deep. I think they're three games down, and, uh, and, and the Packers' case, four games down. 
in their divisions, even if they get on a winning streak. We talked about it last night. If they go six out of their last eight, they're still scratching around at nine and eight. That probably does not get them the playoffs by the time you count in some tiebreakers. So uh, deep holes here for the Rams, but the Buccaneers win that, and they survive in advance, basically. Simon, is this a turning point for the Buccaneers quickly? No. All right, that, that was quick. quick. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> I, they're, they're slowly, offensively, they're slowly inching their way, right, to, to getting back into something. Luckily, being in the NFC South, it gives them all the chances they need. Um, but long-term, ultimately, are, are they going to, like, turn around and, and become a contender again? I think the short answer to that is no. Fair enough. And then maybe the surprise game of the week was the Chiefs winning, but not not very convincingly against uh, Malik Willis-led uh, Titans team. 20-17 to 17 was the final score. Uh, Mahomes looks uh, outstanding, like, despite that that game. Like, just want to say those last couple of drives he had were just absolutely outstanding. Vintage Mahomes. Um, is there any concern here for the, for the Chiefs? Um, you know, I, I don't really think we need to get into Titans too much. Willis is just still very raw. And it was a valiant effort by the team, but I, you know, they're that they, he just needs time. So I don't really think there's much to discuss there. But um, the Chiefs, like, is there is there any room for concern? There? Yes, I'll, I'll start here. Um, for me, there is. Kansas City is one of the best teams in football. There's no question about it, and they're going to stay one of the best teams in football. But when you get to the playoffs, I'm I'm concerned about several things for Kansas City. I'm concerned that they're that they don't have a great defense. It's an average defense. It's not great. They're not doing anything spectacular at all at, at, on, in, in any part. And getting to the quarterback, they don't do great at uh, stopping the pass. They're not great at stopping the run. They're okay, not great. The, the back end of the defense is is it, it, it's okay. It's not great. There's nothing stand out there on defense. They're getting the most potential out of the offense that they could possibly get. That's what bothers me. They cranked up 450, I think it was 450 yards passing, plus another 90 to 100 yards rushing, and, and they still barely won this game. In fact, they had to have a comeback to win this game. It, what bothers me is that I think we've seen the best that Kansas City can be. I think they are maxing out to the fullest between Mahomes and Andy Reid. I think they are giving us their very best every single week. And I don't think we've seen the best from the Bills yet. I don't think we've seen the best from some of these other teams on the NFC side yet. I think we've seen the best that Kansas City can be, and they're basically running out the clock on themselves. You watched that game last night against Tennessee. Tennessee had a lot of three and outs. Uh, they ran the ball a lot, but they had a lot of three and outs too. The, the drives that Kansas City is going on, there are these very long drives that eat up a lot of clock. Uh, Andy Reid loves to pass the ball to the running backs and the short, the short flats to, to move the chains, but that eats up a ton of clock. And what that does is it limits Kansas City scoring. And even though they're one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL, when it comes down to per game, they're not the same offense we saw two years ago with Tyreek Hill and, and, and with defenses playing them differently. That bothers me when you get to the playoffs against some of these other AFC teams like the Ravens and, and like the uh, like the, even the Bengals and like the Bills. Yeah, that bothers me. So there are cons some concerns there, but they'll stay one of the best teams in the NFL throughout the regular season. Simon? I think at the end of the day, there's so many things that this team is going to try and, and put together and put out on the field between Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the weapons they have. 
But at the end of the day, all you have to do is put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. And if he is is doing what he's doing this season, which he wasn't doing last year, which is don't panic and just take what's in front of you, uh, you are talented enough, you are athletic enough, you are smart enough to figure out a way in any situation, right? So so the Buccaneer or the the Titans game, uh the Titans defense is playing phenomenally. The corners are sticking to every receiver. You don't have that guy that can separate like Hill. Despite the fact that those receivers were playing well in the first half, they just eventually ran out of steam. Patrick Mahomes became a scrambling quarterback and said, all right, I'll just, you know, go do this myself and go get this last touchdown. So at the end of the day, he's just going to, I think, take care of pretty much every, anything they need to take care of to, to get the win. Yeah, I see there is a little bit concern there for the Chiefs, especially with the some of the points that Ben alluded to. But man, Mahomes, I mean, they have the best player in football. And I'm not a huge fan of Mahomes, but like he, he's the best player in football, in my opinion. And, and it's hard to say that it's close. Um, let's get into some fun stuff here with uh, some, some team futures. And we're going to talk about some uh, – conference and Super Bowl picks and stuff like that. So um, let me just start it out. I'll start with you, Simon. Are there any surprise or like, uh, you know, some good solid bets that you would be inclined to to, 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 to take or to make um, regarding, you know, divisions or, you know, a team coming out of conference or anything like that? Let's start with the division winner here, and let's let's go to a team that we have already discussed, and it's the Seattle Seahawks, who currently mm-hmm. have a, a two-game or one-and-a-half-game advantage over the San Francisco 49ers for the NFC West. Um, you could still get the Seahawks at plus odds to win this division. Uh, Seahawks were on DraftKings, have a, are, are plus 150, and the 49ers are minus 135. Um, if you could still get those odds and, and you haven't done it already, uh, I would, yeah, I would say that's something you might want to look into. It, the, the Seahawks team does not feel like a house of cards. It does not feel like it's just going to fall apart at any moment. Robertson, you mentioned it earlier where, wow, this defense is even playing well now. That's something that's happening a little bit more every single week. Um, it, I think it's, I think it starts with these young defensive backs who, you know, they have essentially two rookie corners starting. Uh, and, and Tariq Woolen has been starting since day one. He gets better and better every week. Kobe Bryant gets on the field more and more. He he jumped from kind of a, a 50-50 player the first six weeks to the last three weeks. He's playing over 75% of the snaps. Um, those guys just get better every single week, and, and it's allowing the defense uh, in the front to get home, get to the quarterback a little more, play a little more free, uh, which is just really tremendous for this team. And again, the offense is, is doing exactly what it wants to do every single game. So the fact they can get plus odds on a team that going into the second half of the season is a game and a half to two games up on the division, I think that's really, really interesting and pretty enticing. I'm going to agree with you there. While I do like the 49ers to come out of the division, it's not a bad bet to place, I don't think, uh, especially at those odds. Um, ben, do you have anything, at least – uh, on the division level of things that may be uh, surprising or is there a dark horse team to maybe take a division? Uh, I Well, I was looking at the, something besides the division. I apologize. Um, oh, no, no, no. No, if there's something else, please go ahead. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to skip ahead of something you were going to cover, but I wasn't looking at divisions at the moment. I can, I can get back oh, over ahead. there in a minute. Um, the current one, and Simon's going to, 
I know me and Simon and even Ronan have been split on, on Bengals Ravens, right? But currently right now, something to keep an eye on. The Cincinnati Bengals are at plus 2,800. They're like number 10 out of the list of favorites to, uh, to, for the Super Bowl, right? Something to keep an eye on. If you believe in the Cincinnati can get hot, but you think they don't get hot until Jamar Chase comes back, if Jamar Chase is out for several more weeks and they're just kind of sitting around 500 and they're not really doing a whole lot, but you think when Jamar Chase gets back, the odds on the Bengals going to the Super Bowl may actually get greater than that. You may actually be able to get better value on that. Um, and, and then once Jamar Chase comes back um, a few weeks from now, you may have actually seen the odds on the Bengals getting the Super Bowl get a little bit worse. You could get some better deals on it in two or three weeks than you, maybe you could right now, even though Vegas knows that. Um, the public may force them to move off of that. Just if the, Bengals, if the Bengals are sitting there at six and six, six and seven in a few weeks, but they find a way into the playoffs, we've already seen it. There's a lot of teams in the NFL who can be beat. No matter how good they look at the moment, they can all be beat. So if you think Jamar Chase makes that big of a difference to the Bengals, but they're sitting there at six and seven before he comes back and the odds have dropped, you might catch good odds there on Cincinnati. Simon, before I let you kind of like rebuttal on that, um, the the Bengals are uh, plus 1,400 right now. Last year, I believe, I don't think it was a fluke per se, but it is very rare for a team to make the Super Bowl based on the offensive line play that we saw last year from the Bengals, and it's almost repeating itself this season. I don't know that history is going to repeat itself two years in a row that a team's going to get that lucky twice. And I don't want to say it was by chance or if it was, it was by luck or they, they, they caught a lucky streak because I do like the Bengals. And I almost agree with kind of what Ben was saying. Like, is from your point, I think uh, – Jamar Chase coming back is going to be a huge difference maker, and I I would I would obviously agree with that. But is it possible unless this offensive line gets it together? Is it possible for them to reach a Super Bowl again like that, like they did last year? I don't think so because so much of what their offense is based on is just winning those deep shots. Which if you have Jamar Chase and T Higgins, I mean that you have as good a chance at that as anybody in the entire NFL. Uh, right up there with Miami this year, I would say. But it's still such a 50-50 proposition that in terms of odds and just uh, giving yourself the best chance, it's tough. Now, two things with that that I could rebut to myself about. One, once you get into the playoffs, like all bets are off, right? Uh, pun, again, pun intended. Here we go. But <laughs> you you just need four games to go your way. You know, you need a a whistle by a referee at a wrong moment. You need, you know, a, a cornerback to trip on a release. Um, anything can happen. And, and then on the other end, Jamar Chase being out for a few weeks here might actually be to the Bengals' benefit. We saw their game against the Browns uh, two Monday nights ago, and they just get blown out because they're trying to play the same way they've played with Chase and Higgins uh, for the last season and a half. We saw their game against the Panthers very different they're like hey we don't have our top receiver should we try running the ball a little bit more we have a pro bowl level uh, running back maybe we hand the ball off a couple times and guess what it worked it was pretty good maybe try that again if they can figure out more of a balance i think that could really benefit them in the long run and if you're somebody that likes the Bengals, not only should you be looking at you know that plus 1400 to come out of the afc but go over to the division too, man. I mean, they're only a game back of the Ravens. My my personal pick is the Ravens. I think they're winning that division. I think they're the better chance to come out. 
But if you like the Bengals, they're also plus 550 to win that division. They're only a game back. So, you know, why not throw, you know, if you're going to throw something on there for the, for the coming out of the Super Bowl, they're going to need one of those uh, games at home to do that, I think. So you might as well also just kind of bank it and go with the division winner as well. Ben, before I get to you, uh, to just kind of give another pick there. Um, something that I'm looking at that maybe isn't really that shocking to me, but something that I really like, I really like the 49ers. And it's not that even that I'm a huge Garoppolo fan. I mean, I do, I probably back him more than a lot of people, but he just seems to work in this offense and with this team. They're plus 500, which probably isn't like the, you know, a, an underdog pick by any means, but. I really like those odds. I, especially with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, Shanahan, I've mentioned it before in previous episodes, Shanahan has a running back that is all pro level. I don't think that can be understated in the least. Plus, their offensive line, I think, is getting healthier, especially. I, I don't know if Trent Williams is back or if he's coming back. Um, he's so back. He's th- back. he is back. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's huge. That's huge for them. The defense is top three in the NFL, definitely probably top in the in the NFC. And that's even with the Cowboys and Eagles there. That like that's that's huge. So I defense wins football games, running the ball and defense. You might not even need Garoppolo. You might just need him to throw a couple backward passes to Debo and, and C Mac and you're good. So I really like the 49ers chances here. I've been on them for a while. Um Ben, what do you think of that? And do you have any any other picks for uh for leagues or divisions or anything like that? You're totally right on the 49ers. And by the way, uh, Vegas agrees with you. Vegas hasn't moved the needle on anybody the past two or three weeks higher, quicker than they have the 49ers. So that Christian McCaffrey trade, a lot of people love that. Vegas loves that. So you're starting to see the 49ers be a whole lot more serious contenders here. On these on these lines all across the board for Super Bowl for division for for conference all of it, the 49ers have moved up the list very quickly. Vegas agrees with you. They are. We'll get to this later. They are a seven point favorite this week against the Chargers. We'll break that game down a little bit more later. The Chargers, you know, a lot of a lot of Super Bowl picks heading into the season, but uh, it's the 49ers that are actually moving the needle here. So now you're all over it there. So it, any of those picks that you like, 49ers for the Super Bowl, 49ers to win the division, 49ers to win the conference, any of those. Um, there's still some money to be made there because they're not yet ahead of the Eagles and the Cowboys. But if you think they're going to be better, by the way, I've mentioned this before, the Eagles have had, have been pretty lucky when it came to injuries this year, and they are an injury-prone team. So at some point, at any point, if they get two injuries, whether it hurts or one of those offensive linemen that we talked about during the offseason, that could change everything as well. Absolutely. It's, it's truly a game of attrition. Um, we hear that year in, year out. It's really just going to come down to end of the year, who's hot and who's healthy. Really, those are the two main things year in, year out that 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 always seems to be the case going into the playoffs. Um, let's get to Super Bowl right now, then. Um, Simon, what kind of matchup are you looking at here? Um, is there, um, betting-wise, is there like a matchup that seems more favorable to you than others? Well, just to, just in terms of getting a Super Bowl matchup, right? My favorite would be the Chiefs making it. They have the, the second best odds in the AFC. So you're getting a little more value there than if you go for the Bills. Um, 
And then I am kind of with you on the 49ers. Now, I, I do love the Eagles. They're at plus 175 right now. So if I was going to pick based on where am I getting a little bit better odds and, and just a little bit, bit more of a payout, a little more bang for my buck, I do love San Fran at plus 500. Um, but I do I do really like what Philly is doing. I, I'd have to see if I had to think of those two in a head-to-head matchup. I wanna, I'd want to see a little bit more of what San Fran looks like as this current team. But yeah, Kyle Shanahan's going to put together just that nasty, nasty offense now. We we saw a little bit of it um, against the Rams two weeks ago. If I had yeah. to pick my true, true favorite, I'd say Eagles, Chiefs, and, and that's not giving you great odds. So maybe I'd swap in San Francisco in there just to get myself a little bit more on the betting side. Um, and then picking a winner either way, I, I'm Chiefs all the way. You're, you're at least getting plus 500, but that's just the second best odds you can get. If you want a real dark horse, again, you could go San Fran plus eleven hundred. You can go Baltimore plus fourteen hundred. I like mm. those ones as well. Right, Ben. What about you? Let me start with straight up, who I think actually has the best chance to make it, and then let me mm-hmm. switch over to, to some money talk here. To mm-hmm. me, it's Bills Eagles at the moment. I, I haven't yet seen a reason to think that the Bills and the Eagles aren't the two best teams in their leagues. Um, they're both top five. Offense and top five defense. The Eagles have slowly worked their way to the top five on defense as well. That's very important. That's not just yardage, but that's uh, that's points per game allowed as well. Both of these teams, top five on offense, top five on defense. Uh, the Chiefs have the offensive side, but they do not have the defensive side. So that bothers me. Um, even as great as Patrick Mahomes is playing, and you guys mentioned that he's playing out of his mind right now, that that defense just isn't there, and that worries me because uh, the Eagles and the, and, and the Bills can both put up a ton of points as well. But let's talk money. We're talking money. I think the the 49ers and the Ravens, honestly, that's where the best bets are right now. If you're looking for dark horse Super Bowls, um, we've seen it. The Chiefs are vulnerable. The Bills are vulnerable. We haven't yet seen the Eagles be vulnerable, but I think we all know that they are if they get the right matchup on a bad day. So 49ers and Ravens, that's where the money's at if you're looking for some real dark horse and maybe a chance to make a lot of money. Man, I thought I felt so confident in my picks going into this, and now you guys are like totally like changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys make such good points because I I try not to be biased as a Commanders fan with teams within my division, but I'm I keep waiting for the Eagles to mess up, and it just hasn't happened yet. And I I do like Jalen Hurts, and I thought that if he could make a reasonable progression as a throw over the football this season that the Eagles would be very good. I didn't I don't I did not expect I don't think many people expected either for them to be undefeated at this point. But you bring up a good point, Simon, where, you know, the when the Eagles once the Eagles get into the playoffs like a head to head matchup with the 49ers, I don't know who would win because that game would be in Philly. I don't see the 49ers catching them record wise. That would be an interesting game to me. That would be like, I guess uh Probably a division around of 49ers probably make the uh, – well, if they win the division, maybe. It, it'd probably either be a, a divisional round if the Seahawks win the, the um, win the division or it'll be a conference championship if they get that far. Um, that would be tough because they'd have to go into Philly. That, that's, a, that's a hard place to play in, especially in late January. Could be a snowy game. It's going to be cold and it's going to be loud. Oh, that's a tough game. I don't know who I'd pick there. Because I could see Jimmy G just absolutely unraveling very quickly. Ooh, 
I don't feel it's, as good about my 49er pick now. <laughs> it's one of those things that if you, you know, just thinking about it in a vacuum, you're like, man, San Francisco, that's such a good defense. They can match up really well. You could stick Fred Warner as a spy on Jalen Hurts, which, uh, you know, has its limits, but it's still like that's almost the best you're going to do in the NFL. But then you add that context, like you said, going to Philly in January, it's it's playoff time, right? You've got Philly fans just screaming down your neck. You've got Jason Kelsey talking trash at the line of scrimmage. It's and and you've got all the momentum, right? If it was, can you imagine if it was the conference championship game? How much oh, yeah. confidence the Eagles would be walking into that stadium with? It, it would. It's hard to really imagine them, you know, kind of kind of being out. That's why I like the way Ben said it. Like my actual favorite, who I actually think is going to make it, yeah, is Philly. Um, but if you want to throw a little bit, you know, if you if you play for the odds a little bit more, you want a little more of that payout, then San Francisco is, is probably the best bet you can get. I'm but overall, I'm gonna agree with the bet with Ben here as far as you know where you're gonna find the most value. I've been very high on the Ravens this season. I've kind of cooled off a little bit because they've had some shaky games, but past couple of weeks they've been doing pretty well. Um, there's still some things that need to work out there, but at plus 700, at least to get to the Super Bowl, that looks pretty good. Um, that would be a rematch of the 2012 Super Bowl. That would be pretty exciting. That would be a in- very interesting game. I'd actually probably favor the Ravens in that game. Um, not as much that I like the matchup. I think I just like Lamar Jackson more than Jimmy G in that spot. Um, but... I still, I, I, I still really want to stick with my original pick going into this, which was the Chiefs and the 49ers. I want to see. I think I really, I think a lot of people really want to see that that rematch there. And I would, I would be inclined to take the 49ers. I just like their defensive, uh, how their defense matches up against uh, Casey's offense. Not that I like Jimmy G more than Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, I don't think anybody does, but. I think I like the matchup there better for the 49ers than I do the Chiefs. Okay, um, Ben, do you have any other matchups or any other uh, plays or anything that you want to uh, cover? Yeah, I've got one more here, and this is half tongue-in-cheek, but half serious when you look at the numbers here. And and we're going to go to the AFC South for this, the Colts and the Titans. Um, The Colts have looked awful. They have looked absolutely dreadful. But record-wise, they're not bad. They're just, what, a game and a half behind Tennessee? And Tennessee, they're playing Malik Willis right now. I don't know exactly when Tannehill comes back. I don't think it's going to be too long. But, you know, Tannehill wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire either. So there's a chance. If you believe that emotion was was all that was needed here to fix the Colts, because Saturday's going to bring that, right? Um, I don't know how much technical he's going to bring right away, but he's going to bring the emotion. If you think that's all it takes to uh, to catch up with Tennessee – Tennessee's at negative at uh, 400 under right now. The Colts are at plus 1,000, so that's pretty good money right there if, if you think that the Colts have all the roster pieces, not to win the playoffs or win the Super Bowl, but just to catch the Titans here, that would be an interesting one. For the sake of time, I am not going to react to Jeff Saturday, but I don't really expect I – w- I don't expect the Colts to win another game this season. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it there. Simon, you may comment on that, but go ahead. I'm so confused, guys. I logged on to Zoom tonight and I was like, all right, 
gonna yell at robertson a lot today what am i what are my main talking points and all i want to do is argue with ben um i am also going to ignore the jeff saturday part but the colts are playing sam ellinger right talk about malik willis we're seeing sam ellinger who i i mean i'm the biggest proponent of you have to wait till quarterback's second full season to decide if he's a guy or not Sam Ellinger's not a guy, man. We're seeing if he's a, a legitimate backup quarterback, right? He's looking up to Taylor Heineke right now, trying to beat him. Um, Matt Ryan is closer to becoming the team's offensive coordinator than he is to getting back out onto the field to play quarterback. Uh, listen, and I think Ben is also just trolling me a little bit because I was the biggest Colts supporter in the preseason. I think he just <laughs> wants to try and get my hopes back up. Um, but yeah, man, I don't see the Colts. I, I'm much closer to Robertson on this. I would lean more they're done winning football games then going for the division but you know plus a thousand if you want to take take a long shot i get that can i throw one more at you guys yes i just want to make one more comment uh i want to see odds on matt ryan becoming the offensive coordinator uh before the probably better ends. than the colts winning the division right now <laughs> go ahead simon uh last one if you're worried about this josh allen news and, and we're doing this tuesday night um, we'll, we'll see the first injury report tomorrow when, when this gets posted. But if you're worried about that, the Dolphins are plus 500 for the division right now. Uh, the Jets are plus 2000 for the division right now. If that, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say the Patriots, uh, <laughs> but if you want to just go throw a couple bucks on, on each of those teams and just see what happens. Um, cause if this, the Bills were already kind of fading a little bit, right? Uh, these last couple of weeks, defensive players keep getting hurt. Now, if Josh Allen, if anything happens, right, even if he's just kind of hobbled and, and he, they only have a game lead on those two teams, I'm not saying that's my pick, but I'm saying that's decent odds from a money play. Yeah, I, I actually I actually overlooked that. I, I do like the Jets' odds there. I would. I wouldn't throw major money on it, but it, it is an interesting play, you know, just throw like 10 bucks or something on it. You know, why not? It's just, it's, it's a fun bet there. It's, it's a hopeful bet, especially if you're a Jets fan, but you know, I also like the Miami, uh, Miami pick too. They, they look really good. And like we, mm-hmm. like we said earlier, uh, the defense isn't looking as impressive as we thought they were going to be, but man, Tua, we're going to talk a little bit because we're about to talk MVP, but man, Tua, is he looking good or what? A lot better than what we thought he was going to look. I think that's a nice segue into our MVP conversation that we're about to have. Um, ben, I'm going to start with you. Um, who do you like for MVP? You can do it like how you did your uh, your, your picks earlier, who you like and then who, who your betting favorite is. Um, let's start with you. At the moment, right now, it's Mahomes. I think I think the public is looking at Patrick Mahomes as being a, a not a lot to win it, but as being the leader in the clubhouse, basically. And unless he screws it up, then I, I think that he his chances to win it are better than anybody else's at the moment in, in terms of what I actually expect. Now, for me personally, Jalen Hurts has been so refreshing this year, watching him lead this team in so many different ways. And, you know, it, it really has nothing to do with the undefeated record. It's just watching him play. And, um, you know, I get it. Mahomes is playing playing his mind out right now. But um, I, I really like watching Jalen Hurts. I'm, I'm not sure that I wouldn't vote for Jalen Hurts myself. There's some other people, obviously Josh Allen, but with, with the injury there, he's probably not going to win it. So um, 
Money-wise, I'm not sure what I would do here. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of money to be made here on these MVP on these MVP bets. I'll see what Simon says. But um, in terms of what I actually expect to happen, I think Patrick Mahomes is, is likely going to win this thing unless he just messes it up at some point this year. Simon, what about you? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. You know, you can get Mahomes for plus 200. You can get Hurts for plus 250 right now. If, if both guys stay on the same track they're currently on, uh, this award's going to Patrick Mahomes. Now, if you want to say who is going to have a big second half run, right? Because that's usually how this MVP award goes. Um, usually one of the top two guys at the midway point of the season kind of falls off. And, and whether it's because play falls off or just the story falls off either way, um, and somebody emerges, right? So if if the Eagles, uh, you know, go undefeated, lose one game, lose two games, Hurts is going to be in the conversation all year. If the Chiefs don't lose any more than four games, I think Patrick Mahomes and, and nothing happens in, in the play. I think it's Mahomes is to win. The one guy I would say that, you know, you get really good odds on that has the best chance of making a big second half run, both from a team and player perspective, is Lamar Jackson. Um, the Ravens are rolling right now. They have, and, and from a narrative standpoint, guys keep getting injured. He's doing this without Mark Andrews, without Rashad Bateman. They trade Hollywood Brown before the season. He's throwing a fourth and fifth string wide receivers. He's throwing to the fourth round or fifth round tight end, Isaiah Likely. Um, and if he can win that division, get them to be the three seed in the AFC, uh, and, and he does it by, you know, making these receivers better than they are and dominating on the ground, uh, despite all the running backs getting hurt again. Um, then I think you have to seriously consider Lamar and what he's doing. I think he's the guy that of all these guys that are, you know, plus 1200 or better. If you were to say, who's going to have a big second half of the season, I think he's your best bet at that. And you're getting a pretty good payout for it. So I, I agree with you there, Simon. But uh, as far as like, the Lamar Jackson goes, I could really see him having a big second half of the year, really propelling the Ravens into legit contender conversation if there aren't every, if they aren't already there already. Ugh, English. Um, I'm I'm agreeing with Ben though. Patrick Mahomes is the absolute favorite. Um, I said at the very beginning of the year that if Mahomes was like. 70 to 80 percent of he was numbers last year without Tyreek Hill that it was his automatic and he's doing that and more um just some of his ranks really quick he is first in passing yards first in touchdowns and second in QBR he is projected to finish the year with over 5,500 yards passing and 45 touchdowns with over 100 quarterback rating that is extremely impressive. Pretty good. Even Pretty without Ty, even with Tyreek Hill, if you still hide Tyreek Hill, that'd be extremely impressive. So I think it's his to lose. I think right now, if the season ends today, it would be his. But my money play here, if you're looking to make some money, you're gonna love this one, Simon. Is Geno Smith? He oh, is pl- he is plus two thousand right now. And the next four games, Tampa Bay, who's a mess. They have a bye week, and then they have three pretty much bottom feeder teams at this point in the season, and the Raiders, the Rams, and the Panthers. He can really make some, some you know, some progress towards that award if he so wishes. I mean, the 
it's not like that. He he he's just playing so well right now that it feels like I, I'm looking at their schedule. I'm trying to find losses at this point, which is weird with what we thought with the Seahawks were going to be a bottom feeder team. I don't see him struggling against any of these teams, at least the the ones that I listed. Maybe the Buccaneers because they still have a, a pretty good defense, but it hasn't just hasn't been playing up to their standards this year. Um, right now, Geno is sixth in yards. Fifth and touched, tied fifth and touchdowns, and fourth and QBR. I don't see those numbers fluctuating drastically over the next four or five weeks. So I think you could see a situation where we get towards the end of the year and he has about 30 touchdowns and he has under nine, 10 interceptions. I mean, that would be huge, especially, and, and maybe that's not enough to win, especially if Patrick Mahomes, you know, stays the course, but injuries do happen as well. And granted, Patrick Holmes hasn't really gotten injured much, but it is a possibility. You never know. I would throw a few dollars on it. Why not? It's something fun to do, something fun fun to play with. I like it there. Um, I want to hear your direct reaction to that, Simon, there. I mean, listen, uh, uh, the more things we can do that make me look smart, uh, uh, I'm here <laughs> for it. I, I'm, I'm all the way there. The thing I wonder with Gino. And it's a silly thing, but it, you know the awards inherently are a little bit silly. And something I want to get your guys' opinion on because, yeah, I mean, if you were to say who's the most valuable player, Geno Smith rolling in becoming this team's quarterback and be, having a better season than they had last year was Russell Wilson. Um, that's that's a lot of value, right? You take that guy away, you take away the season he's had. We expected this team to win two or three games, um, but. You can make that argument for anybody, right? Patrick, if Chad Henney is starting for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, how many wins do they have? And, and that's kind of where I'm at. And does Geno elevate the Seahawks the way Patrick Mahomes does to being a Super Bowl contender? But, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm with you on, you know, if you're going to throw some money down for, for the odds, plus 2,000 for, for Geno, who, yeah, is doing what he's doing for the team that's doing what they're doing is a pretty good deal. The thing I wondered that actually blocks this and something that I did want to ask you guys about briefly is, is everyone just kind of penciling in Gino for comeback player of the year? If he true, if someone wants to really give Gino an award at the end of the season, do they just write him in for comeback player of the year and kind of move on from MVP MVP? My question to that is, should he count for that? You know, the, what is the comeback player of the year award? And, and he's getting a lot of buzz for it. He has the second best odds right now at plus 700. Saquon Barkley is the favorite at, at minus 250. Um, this is just on, you know, the world's greatest Wikipedia. But the National Football League comeback player of the year refers to number of awards given in the NFL for a player who has shown perseverance in overcoming adversity in the form of not being in the NFL the previous year, a severe injury, or simply poor performance. Does being a backup for a couple of years count to you guys? Do you think it should count for this award? Or, yeah, Saquon, big injury. Derrick Henry, big injury, kind of come back, coming back from that. Should that matter more? Ben, I'd like to take this one first. Um, <clears throat> something that I've loved in basketball is the most improved player award that they award. And I think that if Gino keeps this up through the whole 17-game season and even into the playoffs – 
I think you're going to see the NFL very quickly install a reward like that because I don't think that Geno Smith qualifies. And it's a shame because he think he should be rewarded for this season or else I, I fear in like five, six years time, if this was like a one hit wonder season for him, that it's just going to be forgotten. And I don't really, I don't really like storylines like that. Just kind of like being lost in the ether per se. Um, it'll be an SB award. I guarantee you. Um, but as far as like an AP, like, you know, national football league official award, I don't think he's going to get one this year. And it's unfortunate other than that outside chance of being MVP. Ben. Yeah, I, I got two things to say here. Number one is comeback player of the year, Matt Ryan. Um, write it in right now. It's just going to happen. Okay. And second thing, coach of the year, Jeff Saturday. It was off a bit of a slow start, but, you know, let's just clear the board here. We can move on. Okay. Ben really wants us to go on this Colts thing, Robertson. Ben is trolling you so hard right now. He's, he's just triggering everything his whiteboard behind him just says colts 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 written a thousand times is like that is that a is that a, a horseshoe i see there yeah there, did you ben? just draw a mustache yeah. on that whiteboard yeah. there in this last 15 <laughs> minutes ben? what are you doing over there that... now you guys bring up valid points here hey, does Gina smith qualify i guess if a lawyer was working on it the answer is yes because poor technically poor performance loophole right um, I, I get what you guys are saying. I would love to see him win any award he can because it's so rare to see a guy like this, like Geno Smith. We, we see guys come back from injuries all the time. Every year somebody does. It's so rare to see a quarterback in the NFL be a bench player slash part-time starter for this long, this deep into his career, and then have a season this amazing. Um, I'd love to see him get something here. He's not going to get MVP, I don't think, unless, you know, the other guys all fall down, which is not going to happen. Um, so I'd love to see him win win that award. But uh, you know, your points are very well taken here. He's not actually coming back from much of anything. Let's reward him with a contract. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Let's pay this man. He just got on, extremely expensive. I mean, like, he's going to get – if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's going to get probably 20-plus, which isn't a lot by today's standards. But for Gino, that's – Makes that's, a big difference. That's a hell of a of a of a pay raise. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. For all of your Northwest sports needs, check out northwestsportsdesk.com, an up-and-coming sports blog based out of the Northwest and a partner of Phantom Sports Industries. Let's get into week 10. Um, let's start with uh, Vikings at Bills. Um, this is going to be a very interesting game, at least in my opinion. Um, Simon, I'll let you start here. Um, the Bills are struggling a little bit. The Vikings, 
they they're winning a lot of close games, and I expect this one to be another close game. Um, how long can they keep this up? It it seems like they're kind of lucking into some of these. Um, can they do that against a team like the Bills? I mean, luck is a big factor in the NFL and in sports in general, right? You gotta you gotta be healthy. You gotta play some teams that aren't healthy. So the fact that yeah, this was gonna be the make or break game for them, I think, this season to decide if they were a contender or not. And now they're looking into the fact that Josh Allen has maybe an elbow injury. Um, obviously that's a big, big deal. Looking at kind of the line and, and the over under right now, the yeah. Bills are favored at five and a half. I think either way, I think even if Allen plays, I think the Vikings cover that. Um yeah. because like you said, they've it's been all close games and, and the Bills <clears throat> three of their six wins have been one possession games for as dominant as they've looked and as efficient as their offense have been, they're not blowing teams out. So, so I think the Vikings can cover either way. Obviously if, if Allen doesn't play or, or is severely limited all week at practice, we get into, you know, some very different circumstances, but I, I think the Vikings are moderately real. Do I think they're Super Bowl contenders? No. Do I think they're worthy of this kind of seven and one, but we kind of know the real deal. You know, they'll have good regular season. They're a good team. They're in games. Yeah, I think so. The, they've shifted to an offensive focused team doing just enough defensively. And the big stat for me to watch, um, the Vikings have had 13 sacks in the last three games. Uh, and 12 of those 13 have come from defensive linemen. And that's how you beat the Bills, right? That's how you beat these teams with the best quarterbacks in the league. You get to them with your uh, four-down linemen. You let your linebackers chase around the tight ends and running backs. You let the DBs chase around the receivers. And you make things as difficult and as uncomfortable on Josh Allen as you can. And the Vikings, these last few weeks, have been uh, living to that formula. So I think it's at least going to be close. I think if you want to throw some on the Vikings to win because you're factoring in Allen's health, that's not a bad call. Um, but I think if, if Allen plays and even if he gets one full day of practice on Friday, I, I think the I think the Bills will pull out the win still. You know, I'm not going to completely disagree with you, but I think depending and this is all contingent on uh, the the injury report uh, for for Josh Allen. So maybe wait a day or two here to see see how things develop. But Definitely. the Vikings could be catching the Bills at, at a very good time. Um. You know, the injury to Josh Allen, the Bills don't run the ball very well. As you said, they have 13 sacks past three games. I'm just going to go ahead right now. I'm going to take the over on that, and I'd be honestly willing to put some money on the money line there uh, at plus 190 for the for the Vikings. Um, ben, uh, where, do you, where are you looking at in this game? Yeah, this one's a tough one. I, I don't like this at all except for if you're of the opinion that Josh Allen isn't going to play or that if he does play, he's going to be only 60% of himself, go ahead and slam some money on, on this right <clears> now while it's at five and a half. Because if if Josh Allen is, is announced that he's out, um, or we find out that he's not practicing all week, you're going to see this line move. So if, if you're convinced that the Vikings are the play here, jump on it now, you know, um, because uh, if, if Allen's out, then that line's going to change drastically, right? It's going to, it's going to shrink up big time. So if, if you think that's going to happen, me personally, I, you're right. You're all right. The Vikings are catching the Bills at a good time here. So since I'm getting five and a half points and since there's so many questions about Allen right now, give me the Vikings not to win necessarily, but to keep it closer than the five and a half. 
But again, the, the, the major play here is, is, if, is if you like to gamble, and obviously people who put money down like to gamble, <laughs> and you think Allen is not going to play or he's not going to be what his full self is, he's the whole Bills offense. All right. With, without him, they got nothing. They don't run the football. You already mentioned it. So he's the whole Bills offense. That's the play there. But uh, give me the Vikings to cover this at least. All right. Let's move on to the first NFL game to ever be played in Germany. It is the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. I think I'm just going to go ahead and say right now, I think the Seahawks, even though it's considered a neutral field, I think the Seahawks being considered underdogs, even though it is only two and a half, I think that is criminal based on how the Buccaneers have been playing. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and say they're. I'm going to just take the money line straight up there. I think the Seahawks are going to win this game. I would probably be inclined to take the under. Um, ben, I'm going to start with you on this one on how you think this game is going to go. Yeah, give me the Buccaneers with two and a half. Now, I mm. think the Seahawks are the better football team. I don't think there's a whole lot of question about it right now. We're, we're at the halfway point now starting the second half of the season. See, it, the Seahawks are the better football team. We're talking about money here, and you just don't make a lot of money consistently betting against Tom Brady. So when I bet against Tom Brady, it's against a team that I'm pretty sure that he's going to struggle against. And um, even though the offense looks awful, they're getting a little bit better each week, the, the Buccaneers offense. The defense has been maligned a little bit, but statistically they're still holding up. Um, statistically they're still there in terms of defense. And Geno Smith, listen, I love Geno Smith to death. I hope, he, I hope he racks up five touchdowns in this game. But I'm just not sure that he's going to do that against this Buccaneers defense. So in a close game, what I expect to be a tight game, Vegas does as well. Give me Tom Brady to win by more than two and a half points, which would be a field goal. That's basically what I'm looking at here. And I don't typically, the rule of thumb, I don't typically bet against Tom Brady either. But I think that the Seahawks are just too good right now. They're playing too too well right now. And Tom Brady just outside of that last drive of, of, of the game against the Rams, he just isn't. Um, the whole Buccaneers team isn't. So I'm just I'm just rolling with Gino there. Um, Simon, who do you have in this game? I'm with you, Robertson. I, I've got Seattle. I got the money line. I think they're just the better team. Um, the only difference I have is I'm going to take the over, and that's because these international mm. games, the, the defenses haven't been playing so well. So in our three London games, our scoring totals have been 53 49 and then 38 Jags versus Broncos. But those first two, 53 and 49, uh, the Seahawks are putting up high 20s, low 30s. The Bucks offense is getting steadily better. Something about going international, uh, it's just easier to score points, I guess. So give me the over on this uh, 44 and a half. But yeah, I got the Seahawks winning this one. Okay, moving on to Browns at Dolphins. Um, I, I, I kind of... I really like the way that Tua is playing here, but as we did say, we we do have a little bit of concern um, for the Dolphins' defense. And Jacoby Brissett, last time we saw him, he, he was looking pretty good. Um, I'm not saying that they're they're a threat, but to the Dolphins currently, but I think they might be a threat to cover. I think it's going to be a closer game than maybe some people think. Um, Simon, I'll start with you on this one. Um, does the Browns have, Browns have a chance to cover? Um, and I'm also kind of liking the over on this one. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I like the over. It's two of the top 10 scoring teams in the NFL. Um, both have their deficiencies on defense for sure. So I'm definitely in on the over. Um, 
And I do have Cleveland covering this one, surprisingly. You know, you think Miami, you think this scoring output, um, but they're in shootouts every single week. I think at some point, Bradley Chubb is going to get caught up enough to make an impact on this defense. I don't think it's going to be right away. And going against the Browns, who do this through their run game, um, as the best run game in the NFL, they're they're tied for first and rush DVOA with Baltimore. Um, he, he's not going to impact that himself, right? So I think going, uh, like I said, going international, offense is going to be up. The scoring is going to be up. That plays in Cleveland's favor to keep it close. Um, so I've got the over. I've got Cleveland covering, but I've got Miami winning. Ben, me and Simon agree on this. Um, are you just going to continue to troll us, or are you on board? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not putting any money here on the over or the under, but I do like the Browns to cover here. Um, you already mentioned some of the main points here. The Dolphins' defense the past two weeks has given up a lot of points to offenses that aren't great. And on the flip side, the Browns like to run the football. Here's an interesting stat. The Browns actually are scoring more points per game than the Dolphins. Um, and I know that the Dolphins had uh, Tua out for three weeks, but guess what? The, the Browns have been starting Jacoby Brissett at quarterback all year long, and they're still averaging more points per game than the Dolphins. So, yeah, I think this is a fun game. I think this is a really fun game right here, really tight, and I like the Browns to keep it even within a point. I think it's that close. So super tight, super fun game here, but give me the, the Browns to cover this. Chargers at Niners. Um this is an interesting game to me because while the Chargers haven't been the um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the eh, – I guess the dominant team that we were all expecting them to be this season, like the a potential Super Bowl contender that we what we thought they were going to be this season. While they haven't lived up to them, there haven't been a bad team, I don't think. Um, but going into San Francisco, they are seven-point underdogs. I think that's a little bit interesting. I think I might like them to cover here. Um, over unders at 45 and a half. Um, Ben, I'll start with you on this one. Um, can Justin Herbert and, uh, and Austin Eckler specifically, he had a big game last week. Can they kind of build momentum here against this, like I, like we said earlier, this top three, uh, four nanner defense? Yeah. You know what? At first impulse, when I saw negative seven for the 49ers, I was like, good gosh, that's a, that's a huge number, but the chargers haven't looked good this year. They're, they're five and three, but they haven't looked good. They're not connecting. There's just all kinds of things here that are not connecting on offense and defense for the Chargers. Simon's been screaming at the Chargers here to throw the football downfield for quite a while, and they just don't really seem to be willing or able to do it, one or the other or both. And guess what? The Chargers suck at stopping the run game, and that's about what the 49ers want to do is just run the football the whole game, run a little play action with Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, I think this is a really bad matchup for the Chargers. Um, so the question gets to be, do I think Justin Herbert can score enough points to keep it within a touchdown? I'm just not sure that's going to happen. I think he's going to have a rough time with the 49ers defense. I think the 49ers are going to love to run the football on the Chargers. I think last I checked, they're the worst in the league against stopping the run. So um, I, I'm going to take the 49ers to, to win here by more than seven. I know that's a big, that's a big number, but I think I'm going to take it here. Ben's taking risks here, Simon. Uh, I guess I'm taking a risk, I guess, by taking the Chargers to cover here. But um, where do you see this game trending to? Oh, gosh, yeah, this number, this scares me so bad because the yeah. Chargers play close games. And, and despite how bad this offense looks, they keep their scores relatively high. I mean, their their low point of the season 
ironically came, you know, just after kind of their closest loss, which was 24-27 to the Chiefs. They followed that up with 10 points to Jacksonville the following week. That was at the worst of Herbert feeling the effects of the rib cartilage injury. But since then, 34 points, 30 points, 19, 23, 20, trending downward, which makes me nervous about that over-under. I don't know if they break 20 in this one with the defense they're going up against. And I'm saying all this to try and still decide if I think they can keep this to within a touchdown. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to lean no. I think the 49ers are going to cover the seven because I think they're trending up. And, and the Chargers haven't had a close loss since Kansas City in week two. And this is just a much different team than we saw play the Chiefs, right? In, in the Chiefs game, we had Mike Williams. I forget if Keenan Allen was was injured in that one or not. He was. He was. Left. Um, but we saw them have all their faculties on defense, basically. Week by week, this team has just kind of fallen apart, like Viserys Targaryen looking worse and worse every episode on House of the Dragon. Um, <laughs> they're all, and their other two losses on the season have been 23 to 37, they lose by 14, and as I mentioned, 10 to 38, losing by 28. So when they lose, they lose bad. I don't think they're going to win this game, so I'm going to have to say they, they lose pretty bad in the 49ers cover. Mm. Now you guys are making me reconsider here, but I, I just think that Herbert is is good enough despite maybe some shortcomings from Brandon Staley, their head coach. Um, you know, I, I think he could be if especially if the Chargers miss the playoffs again this season, I think he, he's most definitely on his way out. Um, I just don't think he's the right coach, period, for 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 that for that team there. That being said, like I said, uh Herbert, I th- just think is too good of a quarterback. I think their offense just has too many weapons on on that on that side of the ball. I like him to cover here. I, I could be wrong, but I like him to cover here. And then finally, a game that I I might be um, turning off very quickly here. Uh, the Commanders at the Eagles. They are eleven point underdogs going into Philly. I. I really want to take them to cover here because I, I believe in Taylor Heineke magic. I, I believe in it so, so much. But that end of that Vikings game put such a bad taste in my mouth. I just, I don't know what to do. Um, Simon, I'll start with you on this one. I think you might just take the over. I'm just going to guess. I think you're going to take the over just based on the Eagles points. Um, so I'll let you take that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am going to pick the over, and, and I didn't think I was going to, right? Because the Commanders have put up 17 points each of the last two weeks on two pretty bad defenses, right, in, in the Vikings and then the Colts. But then you look at the Eagles, and you're like, they could easily score 31 points, right? So 31-13 gets you right at 44. So so if you can give the Commanders two real touchdowns in this one or, or give them 17 points again, um, you, you can get to that over. So I think that's going to happen. Um and, and I, I do think the Eagles cover. Uh, I I do like the fight that I see from the Commanders. I thought they should have just rolled with Heineke uh, all season and, and not gone for once. We don't have to relitigate that right now. Um, but uh, just just throwing that one out there. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and their their defense has been you know their defense has been playing better. They but they did give up twenty one to the Packers just a couple weeks ago who scored nine points against the league's worst defense in the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Um, so, so yeah, I think the Eagles are going to ramp this one up. I think they're going to run it up somewhere in the 30s for them, 31, 34 points. 
think the commanders 17 points at most probably 13 or 14 though so I, i've got the eagles winning covering probably taking the over as well ben i really want to believe in the commander's defense they they have looked very impressive um over the past couple weeks but you know i i just i just don't know if i like the matchup here um with the eagles offense they 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 have so many ways to spread it around. Um, I don't know if Cole Holcomb is going to be back. He was injured and missed last week against the Vikings. And yeah, Jamin Davis does look better and John Bostic is filled in well. But, you know, to me, Cole Holcomb is a much better linebacker at, at this point than either of those two. I think we're getting a little lucky with um, the corners playing better than I think who they are. Um, you know, we can attribute that to Jack Del Rio, maybe. Um, I just, I haven't been a fan of our corners this season, even though. You know, like I said last week, they played pretty well. Um, do my commanders have a chance, Ben? <laughs> I, I've got them as having a chance to keep it to less than 11. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we know what the Eagles are. The Eagles yeah. are a real Super Bowl threat now, and they're playing at home, and they really haven't shown any signs of slowing down recently. But Washington, the last five games, you know, I, I get it. They're not scoring many points, but they also haven't had to. You know, they haven't had to open up the offense. They've been able to play conservative, which is the way Ron Rivera likes to do it. You know, he, he doesn't like to get in these big shootouts. But if the Eagles are scoring, then Washington's going to have to open up the offense too. And they've got weapons all over the field. That's not the issue. You know Heineke can throw for yardage too. So we've seen Heineke throw for yardage many times over the past couple of seasons. So I, I'm going to say this line's about right, this negative 11. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the commanders here to at least keep it within 10 points. How about that? So I think that's what I'm going to do, but it's a, this line's about right uh, for all the reasons we've already covered. I'll take it, Ben. That's enough for me to get some Heineke magic worked in there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That does it for our week 10 NFL matchups. Do either of you have anything else to uh, contribute to this week's episode? Anything else to say? Any opinions? Anything Any anything else to, for Simon? To, to say anything else for Ben to troll anything. Yes. Yes, I have something very important. It's probably the most important question of the night. Okay. Ooh, Simon, you're uh -oh. in on this. I designed this question for Robertson, but we'll, we'll give Simon a turn too after Robertson. All right. So here's the scenario. You're you have found yourself on a deserted island, okay? For an undetermined amount of time. All right. It it, it could be 30 days. It could be the rest of your life. Okay. Mm. Um we, we, we don't know. It's really all about food, though. This is what the question's about. But you're on a deserted island. You get two choices for the rest of your life. You can either eat all the sandwiches you want, all right? Now, not fancy sandwiches, okay? Nothing fancy here. You can eat all the sandwiches you want all day, every day for the rest of your life. So we're talking PB&J, ham and cheese, you know, just the pure basics, bologna sandwich, whatever you like in terms of cold cuts. Or every fourth day, for three hours, you got a gourmet feast filled with every food you could possibly imagine, all you can eat in three hours, and then you don't get to eat again for four days. What are I'm you going to pick? No, sandwiches. <laughs> nah, man. I can't do that. I need a snack right now. We've been on for like an hour 15. I'm about to go upstairs and make a peanut butter sandwich. Are you kidding me? Uh uh. Nope. Nope. Well, well, here's my question, Ben. Do I get. Do I. Is it just plain white bread, or do I get some variety and some breads? Do I get like a tortilla every now and then? Oh, like, no, no tortilla, no. No, no, no. that's too um, fancy if, for this. If you want, yes, 
Yes, it is, my friend. If you want some whole grain bread, I'll give you that. That's it, man. Oh, um, well, okay. Let me ask you this just to clarify and make sure I heard you. Did you say deserted as in no one's there or desert island? <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, this island is deserted and there are no oh. desserts either. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think I'm just going to have to go with the the sandwiches every day because i could live off pb and j pb and j like that's that's my go-to um you know i still get made fun of for taking incrustables to work but i really don't care (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i i don't really care it's like it's kind of like taking a lunchable really i mean it's like i i i would eat lunchables at my old job i mean they were they were right there they were easy and they were it, it reminded me of being a kid, but that's another side. Um, definitely the sandwiches. I mean, there's so many different sandwiches you can make, even though they're not totally fancy. You can do a lot of things with it. Uh, gourmet feast every four days. Um, I would just be pissed off for three of the days. So <laughs> give me a mediocre sandwich at best every day or at worst every day. So um, that's where I stand. See, I yeah. I was the person. You guys remember when, when you are a teenager and you just want to eat all the time you guys remember those days i mean i still have that but when you were actually able to do it and didn't have the negative side effects i would be (laughs) awake at two o'clock in the morning and i would go in the pantry and i would make me a couple of turkey sandwiches and watch whatever i was watching in the middle of the night fresh prince of bel-air or whatever um so yeah man this sounds great to me and i know the guy asking the question who goes to subway and gets the six inch ham and cheese right this is me just proving that I listen to your guys' podcast even when I'm not on it. Uh, I know where Ben's going with this. Yeah, I'm a huge sandwich guy. So that was really the inspiration for the question is that, you know, I like sandwiches, but how much do you guys like sandwiches? Or, you know, do you need your, uh, you know, do you need a full feast every once in a while and you're willing to sacrifice that? So, uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm not waiting four days to eat my food. Uh-uh. If you said now, every two or maybe even every three with the gourmet I know, meal, see, that, I might have yes. considered it. But four days yes. is just too long. <laughs> no. See, I know that's I that that was the question. Where do I put the line here? Because I was Vegas, right? Do I set yeah. it at three days or four days? I'm like, no, 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 four days. That's that's as good as you get. We're not doing two or three. You could have really baited some people there with three. I think the three one might have been the sweet spot there. Four, <laughs> maybe I mean, so. Yes. <laughs> I mean, also, I think time of day is important, too, with with at what time the meal is served. Um, you know, is it is it late in the evening? Because at that point, the day's already shot. I mean, I guess I could stay up late and party and maybe, you know, and, and just party kind of extend it. <laughs> yeah, party on the deserted island. I mean, hey, it's every four days, so I got to make something of it. I could stretch that into like partially two days, like parts of of one day and the other. Uh, But yeah, I'm still taking the sandwich there. Um, If you put it at three days, maybe I would have selected the gourmet. Okay. All right. Uh, Simon, three days tempting, or is that a hard no? No, not even a little bit. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I'm not doing that, man. (laughs) I'm not doing that. You could make it, you get one meal a day and it's a giant feast versus you can have sandwiches at any point in the day. And I still might just take the sandwiches, man. Okay. I got to eat, man. It's not, no, it's not. If I got nothing else to do and, and I'm not trying to like, you know, stay kind of fit for somebody or I don't have any eyes on me or anything, I'm bored. No, I, I need to eat constantly. Give me a thousand sandwiches a week and I'll be. Um, yes. Robertson, I have a follow-up for you on this Uncrustable situation. Are you buying the box of 
brand name or even store brand Uncrustables? Or are you going home and meal prepping PB and J's and you're taking the little baking ring out and you're making it yourself? (laughs) No, no, no. So, okay. Okay. You have to understand something. Usually, usually I just make it, but I don't cut out the, I don't, I don't. Like I, I've, I'm past the point where I was five and I needed crust off of everything, right? Uh-huh. But sometimes I just have a box of Uncrustables. If I'm running late and I didn't pack the night the night before, because I, I'm, I'm a procrastinator or I just don't get up when my alarm tells me to get up, and I will reach for Uncrustable. Yes. Okay, but your, but your go-to is you're, you're making the PB and J yourself. Yes. That's what I, that's what I'm checking yes. on. Okay, good. Yes. Good. Yes. I was just We're gonna say, there. man. You, you 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 can't be buying the box of Uncrustables every week if you're doing these bets, man. You, you, you <laughs> yeah, got to save some yeah. of that money. Yeah. My goodness, let me let me buy you a little baking ring and, and cut <laughs> stuff for you. No, no, that's not where we're at here, Simon. Uh, right, thankfully, but uh, yeah, I, I honestly like the way things are. You can't buy anything anymore without paying, you know, an arm and a leg. It'd probably be cheaper to bet something honestly than buy, you know a turkey sandwich out somewhere. Is it still a $5 foot long or is it a $50, Ben? I, you know, I think $5 is pretty close, although we'll say, I, I, I better be careful what I say here. The restaurant that serves subs has changed their drive throughs to where you have to touch a screen and order it all yourself. You can't just tell everybody what you want. And so I'm kind of in protest right now. I just mm. want to be able to roll up and tell somebody what I want. I don't want to hit all these buttons. So, um, you know, I haven't been in a few months, but uh, yeah, I think five dollars is still pretty close on that. That's why Ben does these podcasts. He just rolls up, <laughs> tells us what to do, and, yeah. and, and <laughs> keeps going. I'm still. I don't think I've seen. Wait, we're talking about Subway, right? Yes. I don't think Subway I've seen is a... not a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen. At least where I, I live, that either. I, I haven't seen a Subway with a drive-through. Oh yeah. Yeah, let hey, alone one that South, you have man. a touch screen. A touch oh, screen. What <laughs> what kind of Ben, where where don't don't say yeah, it, but man, where what are you, are you living, doing, ben? ben? What are you doing, Ben? I'm worried about you. I don't know. <laughs> wait, wait, Simon. Subway has gotten so much business from Ben. Yeah, that they have been able to afford a drive through and a touch screen. <laughs> it's yes. not actually even a touch screen. They just see his car coming. And it's like it's like a little kid, you know those, you know the yeah. fake like muse the museums where they put like the fake grocery store for the kids to like practice swiping like groceries oh, yeah. across the scanner. Uh-huh. They're like, ah, oh, just put that cardboard screen up. We know he wants the ham and cheese. Don't worry about it. Just and Ben can go touch the buttons and they just bring him a ham and cheese. I'm okay. I say this, but I'm watching the video now and someone is testing this out. Where is this? It's in Wichita. Oh yeah. wow! Or at least the YouTube channel is Wichita Eagle. I don't know if that's actually in Wichita. All right, no, it's a thing. He's not lying. Dang, man, Subway's moving up when I really feel like they should be moving down. No offense, Subway. Please, let me pull out my old man card real quick because Simon reminded me of this. This is my second favorite bit of this podcast when Ben says, "Let me pull out my old man card real quick." When you're over forty with kids, you get automatic old man cards, and it's great. You can say almost anything you want. You know, back in my day. Back in the 1800s, before we had cable and you just had three networks, you didn't dare, didn't dare miss a play of any game that you got, right? So literally, 
you knew exactly to the second how long your commercial breaks were. You were already standing up. You run to the kitchen. You toss out all the bread. You throw the meat on it. You put a little mayonnaise on one side. You clap them together, and you're back in for the next play. It was awesome. I watched a lot of uh, NBA Finals games and Super Bowls that way. It's fantastic. Man, back that, in my that's bad. Ba- <laughs> Ben, you act like we don't have commercials anymore, man. Yeah, commercials still exist. About to say is like you know, me and Simon are still of the age when we were watching a really intense show growing up as a kid, and there was a commercial. You ran to the bathroom. Saturday I mean, morning you, cartoons. Yes, you. Gotta, you, you get oh, that second bowl of cereal Simon. during the commercial. Come on oh. now. Come on now. See, in my house, like I, someone, if someone had to go to the bathroom, they would like. They knew when the commercial was coming based on the flow of the show, and they would get a head start because they're like, okay, yes. I know where this is going. They'd get yes. a head start, go, and then mm-hmm. one one of us would be like on lookout. So they knew like as soon as you saw like the channeled sponsored commercial that it was about to come yes. back on, uh-huh. that you'd be like, yep. yo, hey, <laughs> coming back. <laughs> it's back on now. We can't wash stop it. Wash your hands on the next commercial break. <laughs> <Yes>. Get out of <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, these new kids with streaming, they don't know anything. Pause buttons. Ridiculous. Okay, I think we've gone off the rails quite enough tonight, but it is it has been an absolute fun time. It's been an absolute pleasure pleasure having Simon on with us. Uh you can find his stuff on phantomsportsindustries.com. He writes for uh, about the Steelers. And he also, as we said earlier, has uh, podcast of his own Simon Short podcast and as well as the Phantom Football podcast with our own Ben Parker um, Simon where else can they find you uh, for updates on all of that stuff just go follow me on Twitter everybody at Simon underscore short that's short with two T's I appreciate it appreciate uh, you guys being such gracious hosts and um, glad I was able to hit the over on the runtime so you're welcome <laughs> Yeah, we smashed that over on that runtime. But you know what? <laughs> it was a fun time. Ben, do you have anything else for our listeners? No, thank you everyone for listening. Wherever you are around the world here in the States, thank you so much. All right, thank you guys. See you next week. Bye.